to a meaningful marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million-dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real-life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Hello and welcome to Masonian Marshall, the meaningful marketplace. We are here weekly to discuss the journeys of female food entrepreneurs. We are glad that you have joined us today as we bring you stories of hope and inspiration. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Sarah Masoni, last time I talked to you, you were headed to California. Oh, Yes. And I recommended that you go eat at the Madonna Inn because I went there and really enjoyed myself and had a great time. So I'm dying to hear what happened and if you liked it. Tell me about it. So we had a group of 11 people. They were really accommodating. I thought I only had nine and then two more people were joining us. So they accommodated accommodated us just fine. And most people actually ordered a steak and I think everybody enjoyed their steaks. Oh, and good. some folks had like these gigantic stuffed portobello mushrooms mm-hmm. and then they brought the nice little crudite at the beginning. We had cheese platters. It was fun. It was That's a fun cool. time. That's great. And, and I-, I got to see the crazy doll hanging from the tree in the swing. <laughs> yes. And so- Actually, I went down to the restroom because everyone knows you have to look in the men's restroom. (laughs) And I had a couple of um, gals in the bathroom when I was in there. I said, hey, do you all want to go see the men's restroom? And they're like, yeah. (laughs) So we snuck in there, knocked on the door. No one was in there. And then a man just happened to come to use the restroom and he was like okay I'll be your sponsor and he like checked and opened the door and everyone got to see the bathroom so that was you know that's something you got to do when you go there yeah if people haven't um been to Madonna Inn I I had talked about it because it's a very quirky restaurant and (laughs) hotel and all of their um rooms are decorated in different themes so when I stayed I stayed in a cave room so it was like um you know, very interesting, but the restaurant is all pink and red, um, velvet, yeah. red and velvet, just over the top. Um, it's, it's just a very fun, weird place that you couldn't really experience that yeah. anywhere else. So, and I'm it glad. was, it was awesome for our group because yeah. it was, everybody just giggled and kind of relaxed and yeah. it was a great place to have a dinner for a group that, of people. I think, um, I'm glad that you went. I think that that's kind of, what I was hoping was that it would just be something fun and you wouldn't end up at like a hotel uh, restaurant, you know, or something. It would be a little more, a little more fun than your average. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about snack fest because I think there was a giant can of caviar there. (laughs) Yeah. So um, at snack fest, they, um, 
they like to decorate with all these different snacks. So um, they have a caviar ball pit that people can go in. Um, so it's just like a regular ball pit, big metal ball pit with, but the um, balls that you jump into are black. And so it's, um, it's this beautiful caviar ball pit. So I took my daughter there. So she loved it. Of course. Um, they also have all these different, the whole, you know, thing they try to, provide is that there's all these um, photo opportunities for you to make cool Instagram videos and things like that. So they have like a banana wall and they have um, they have like the caviar ball pit. They have um, a noodle bowl you can go stand in and a Slurpee cup. So there's just all this really fun stuff. So it was great. We had a great time. That's cool. And I wanted to ask you about OMSI After Dark's coming up for the distillers. I noticed your name on the list. Yeah, yes. Um, OMSI After Dark is a very fun event. Um, but this one is in particular is my favorite because um, it's the Halloween one. And so the Halloween one, they always do it as a spirit event. So they have a lot of the local distillers come and they do like tastings of their, you know, their spirits, their alcohol. Um, and I come really for the costumes because people dress up for the event. And it's some of the best costumes that I ever see in the city. Um, you know, people that love science, I feel like also are very creative and make very creative um, Halloween costumes. That sounds so, so fun. Yeah. So I would recommend for people to go. It's And it's called Omsi After Dark because it's adults only, 21 and over only. Yeah. It and happens. I saw you can buy like a certain ticket where you get drinking samples and stuff like yeah. that. It sounds like a fun night out. Yeah. You can sample the drinks or not. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to drink, but just the key is that, um, no children are there. So parents can kind of let loose or people that don't want to be around kids can go be at OMSI with no kids. And it's just a really good time and, and wear a costume. I, I will be dressed up. I will be there with my hot sauce. So that is, um, well, Sarah, I don't know the date Wednesday, the you 20, probably do. <laughs> I want to say it's the 26th. Yeah. Yep. That sounds okay. right. <clears throat> Some sad news. I was looking at news here in Portland. We've had three restaurant closures this month, at least ones that were publicized. One was um, Drink Mamie over on Killingsworth. Mm -hmm. She had a really nice beverage thing going on there, and that's um, closed. And then there was Jinx over on Concordia and Shea Jose up on Burlingame after 35 years. Yeah, I, I think Naomi Still Pomeroy. Happening. Um, oh, yeah, Naomi posted, Pomeroy. Yeah, she's closing um, her this week. collective too this week. Yeah, I, I think that um, although everyone is really, tr you know, trying, and I think it's always important to be hopeful, and, and we are definitely still in a recovery phase. And I think yes. for, re for restaurants especially, they still need our support. So we haven't had a restaurant guest on in a while. I'd like to... Um, Maybe we kind of connect that. with some people. Yeah, because um, and if we can just remind our listeners that um, our restaurants do definitely still need all all of our support. They still are trying to bounce back. It's very yeah. difficult. So. Some lighter news that I found. Um, of course, Gregory Gorday opened his con restaurant and he was in the top 50 restaurants in the country in the New York Times. I know. Huge. That's Have you huge been there yet? Him. I haven't. No. Yeah, I need it to looks, go. Maybe yeah, we should go together. We should. We should for sure. And I think then it's, he's Haitian, you know, he has that Haitian background. Yeah. Um, so. 
Yeah. That's cool. It looks like a lovely place and congratulations to, to Gregory and his team. I know they worked really hard and, um, you know, we're trying to open before the pandemic. And, and so just even to have it open, I think is a huge success and, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get in there sometime. I think it's really hard to get a reservation. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we introduce our guest, we want to thank our sponsor for supporting Masoni and Marshall. Um, you help us to tell the world about small business entrepreneurs. So let's hear a word from our sponsor, Market of Choice. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folks realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. And I noticed our guest today is in market of choice. Ooh, cool. I always love when that happens. Me too. Well, we're excited to welcome our guest today. We would like you to meet Aisha Christensen. She is the owner of Nomad Mix, a new world trail mix combining nuts, seeds, fruit, and vegetables into gluten-free clusters. Welcome, Aisha. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Thanks for inviting me on. It's a big pleasure. Yeah, we're so glad to have you here. Um, we want to make sure that our listeners can follow along on your journey and find you. So um, what's the best way for them to find you on Instagram and online? So our Instagram handle is at um, Nomad Snack Mix or Nomad Mix Snacks. It's one of those. I think we just changed it recently. Um, you can also find us on our website, uh, nomadmix.com. Um, yeah, and we're kind of just, we're not super active on the social media, but we... We're trying to get there. <laughs> Try Confirm, <laughs> Confirmed. You are Nomad Snack Mix on Instagram. <laughs> I just pulled you up. <laughs> Let me double check because I know we change it because my person that does my marketing was like, you need to make this more easier for people. <laughs> yep. Nomad Snack Mix. That's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <clears throat> well, um, we want to introduce people to your product. So let's explain what Nomad Mix is. So Nomad Mix is, you know, came out of the sheer dislike for most trail mixes that were out there that were just salty and stale and boring. Um, I have a background working in restaurants and craft cocktailing and just overall being a food snob. And so I wanted to make, you know, a delicious trail snack while I'm out backpacking that wasn't boring and wasn't salty. And then I also realized there were so many dried ingredients that were just not being utilized. And then I got creative with it. Cool. Um, when did you start doing this? 2017. And it was actually with Sarah. Like I had my first round of tastings with um, some friends and they recommended meeting with Sarah. And yeah. I met her at the Food Innovation Center and she was like, it's a go. Do I, know, I was like, market? I never had this before. This is really good. <laughs> That's how I got my first account with Market of Choices from the uh, holiday market at the Food Innovation Center. Yeah, you were here. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I should be here, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that must be where I met you. I was telling Sarah, I knew that I had had your product in the very beginning. And I think it must have been at one of those um, Food Innovation Center markets. Yeah. Yep. I even remember where your table was right over there <laughs> by the front. 
Mm. <laughs> Pretty fun. So yeah. you were making this trail mix. You met with the FIC. You got into some stores. And um, what part of that journey are we missing? Because I'm sure there's a bunch. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it was just the, the you know, the slow grind of brand awareness and doing, you know, I was working corporate and still doing farmer's markets and production and, you know, just kind of like doing all that I could to get Nomad in people's hands. And that kind of just, that like momentum just kept going and I just kept getting new accounts and people just were like, oh, we tried your stuff here. We something, something and would just reach out and, you know, become new customers and um, new sales channels and so that's kind of like where we're still at. We're still kind of doing a lot of organic growth and word of mouth for like a lot of our consumers. And yeah, it's been great. Aisha, what did you do before you started making your trail mix? So I have a bachelor's in linguistics and then I have my master's in international business with a focus on sustainable supply chains. And so I had been working in pretty much the construction industry, like sourcing tile or lumber and doing like really big corporate projects like you know, hotels in Las Vegas and, you know, hotels on the East Coast and like, you know, big assisted living complexes in like the Southwest. And yeah. So, I mean, it was like fun, but, you know, <laughs> not as fun as like doing my own thing. <laughs> yeah. When you have control of your life with your own business, it's a lot more interesting. Yeah. Do you think that your um, past job and your experiences with that have helped you to do it? For, to do sourcing the way you want to for your business? Um, to a degree, definitely. Um, I do think a big, I was a big, I'm a big proponent of proponent of vertical supply chains like that's and like strategic partnering. And so definitely with doing some of the importing and stuff that I did on behalf of those construction companies, you know, you start to learn like, which are your most reliable, you know, manufacturers and, you know, who's the most creative and all the things. And so I've kind of been using that to start partnering with um, like farms directly for some of my nuts and, um, and then also strategic like planning or partnering with some local vendors in Portland as well, which is we partner exclusively with Pan's Mushroom Jerky for I was going to ask, we yep. had him on our show a while ago. Yeah, we yeah. love Michael. He is awesome. He's actually, he was actually... <laughs> The only guest that we booked where we were like, we oh, usually he's not tell a, the he's not a gal. Yeah. <laughs> like we usually tell the stories of women business owners, but I just like them. So let's book them. Yeah. yeah. He's, book them, Dano. he's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I met him at um, a night market a number of years ago and we then talked about like doing something together and yeah, it's been, it's been a great partnership. Plus it's not meat. So you can put it in your your jerky because that was one of the unique things when you came in you had some fish and mm -hmm. jerky blended in with your trail mixes yep so that kind of let us still kind of stay in that jerky aspect but get people you know get something on the market until we can get all the other keys mm -hmm. dialed in well, so I you you have wild blends for adventurous souls <laughs> <laughs> yes because if if you're boring, you're not going to want to try my trail mix at all. Like you have to be somewhat, you know, a free spirit to want to have like, you know, goji berries and mushroom and, you know, 
pistachio. We have one that has sweet pickle chips and hazelnuts and oh. just really bizarre, fun flavors. <laughs> I think that's great, though. I, I love, too, that you have it, you know, be this full circle story because, um, you know, what you're selling is is a trail mix. So something that people take on these adventures and then your names for your products tie into those adventures that they would go on. So can you tell people um, the names of the granolas? Yes. Yeah. So we have Meadow, which is our, which was the first one that I created and it has beet chips, almonds, cashews, apricots, and then lots of berries. And it's seasoned with cocoa, coffee, and basil. And it's just a nice, delightful kind of entry to our trail mixes. Uh, And then I did Dune, which is toasted corn, pineapple, cherry, um, it has a little bit of spice to it. So if you're looking for a little spicy thing to carry you around, like it's very, it's one of the, it's the one I eat the most of. Um, and then I made Tide Pool, which was inspired from the Oregon coast. And I wanted to make something that just had a nice ocean feel to it and tried to pick colors and things. So you, it kind of looks like you're looking into a tide pool. Um, and that's with dry shiitakes, um, goji berries, pistachio, mirin, ginger, and then there's forest, which is the one that we use the pants mushroom jerky in. And that's just like a nice fall flavor. It's like, this is the perfect season for it. Carrot chips, apples, walnuts, um, the mushroom jerky, tarragon, black pepper, and mustard seed. And then mm-hmm. harvest was the last one that I just created. And I wanted to make something that was, that, that tasted like what Portland is. And since I'm from here, you know, I'm like, okay, what is Portland? Well, Portland loves pickled things. You know, our state nut is a hazelnut. Um, we love the bees. And so there's bee pollen. There's the marijuana reference with the hemp seeds. And just wanted to get something that was like really kind of funky. Has a little white pepper in it. So it kind of smells funky like Portland does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always say white white pepper has, smells poopy. Yeah, it smells like B.O. It's so... It's, it's white pepper much. is like a magical poopy... <laughs> people always laugh at me but i'm like that's what it is it's so like, true but it's surprising how much people like it they'll open the bag and they're just like Whoa! I love that because you can really like tell these stories of all of these places without being there because you do it through this combination of all of these things. I haven't tried the harvest one, but you describing it, I really want to. I think that, um, you know, I can't wait to try it. Yum. <laughs> yeah. Deliciously funky. Whenever I get your product, I never share it with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. Maker. Um, well, we're going to take a quick break and then um, we'll come back and talk about some of your uh, manufacturing journeys. We'll be right back. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, we're back. I know we want to talk about manufacturing, but first, I really need to know what your dog's name is, because you have a really (laughs) good YouTube video 
that you're out in the woods and you've got your dog with you and you're talking about your vision for your company? So my dog's name is Kitz. Um, it's K-I-T-Z. It's German for fawn, like a deer. And she's fawn in color. Um, she is a greyhound hound dog. So she's all ears and nose. And she is just, she's a rescue from Texas. And I, yeah, I read her story and just had to have her. And she's just the best. She's like the laziest, funnest dog ever. <laughs> Does she cool. go on your adventures with you? She's like, cool. Oh, yeah. We have like a backpack for her. So we like load up all of her stuff. Like she's, she's And gay. she likes the nomad mixes because she's, mm-hmm. them. <laughs> yep. which is actually a feature of this product that your pets like it too. That's good. Yeah. That's so fun. You can market it to both people and their pets at the same time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're definitely working on like a pet mix. That's like exclusive for the little, little munchies and doggies. That's a good idea. We always like to ask people what flavor tells your story best. So which one do you think tells your story on its own? Out of the flavors that I offer? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm going to say harvest because it's a little, it's been like a funky experience, you know, <laughs> running a business and, you know, working and running a business and going through the like crazy ups and downs. It's like, sometimes it's really stinky, you know, like you've been in the kitchen and there's been days where I'm like in the kitchen for so long. And I'm like, wow, my boyfriend will pick me up. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like I smell bad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but there's always these little gems in there. So mm -hmm. I saw, um, I saw in your video, you were talking about that you have your degree in international business, but you also mentioned that you read a book that really influenced us. Can you tell us about the book? Yes, the book is called Blue Ocean Strategy. And we read it during grad school as kind of a, how to think about markets differently. You know, so thinking of markets that seem to be saturated, but like what is the the opportunity there? And um, a big portion of the book talked about the Cirque du Soleil and how they took the circus industry and just really provided something super unique and like just blew everybody out of the water. And I love that. it got me thinking about with trail mixes, like <clears throat> what kind of market has just been sitting around really bored and no one does anything with it that needs a little inspiration. Okay. And tell us about your brother. So my brother, bless his heart, passed a few years ago and he was just, he had epilepsy and he had 20 something different types of epilepsy, but he always did cool stuff. He, he made music. He would go to, he was into poetry and he would go to these, you know, poetry slams and stuff and record his stuff on YouTube and just was constantly just out there doing things, you know, knowing that like he could have a seizure at any time and it's, but he just didn't keep, yeah, he was just, and he was just so silly. He was just the silliest guy. He didn't let it define him in any way. No, No, not at all. That's a nice thing to think about. And who um, are your typical clients and customers and how do you find them? So Currently, I've been getting into a lot of hotels, like fun, funky boutique hotels around the country. I have been purchasing Nomad for their their hotel guests. Because um, it's a perfect name, right? 
kind yeah. of a traveling name. Yeah, it's like it's so fun. And you know, because the bags and stuff are not like the traditional trail, like trail mix kind of gimmicky bags. It's like, look, this is a trail mix for grown-ups. It's kind of nice if you won't feel embarrassed, you know, there's no funny character on the front. Um but yeah, we've been in a lot of hotels. Market of choice is a great source. Um I'm fingers crossing that uh, new seasons will pick us up. Just chatting Ooh. with them at the local link event. Oh, good. Long ago. That's right. You were at local link. That's, yeah. And that's so good. hopefully we'll be in that grocery and then, you know, definitely online. We're always happy to sell online, but we're also working a lot with Portland state. We've been doing, um, we do offer like custom bags or custom mixes and Portland state right now has me working on a custom mix for their MBA program that they'll just have in stock all the time. That's so cool. Yeah. Very exciting. Sarah Marshall does that with her sauces too. She'll make a special sauce for people. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's a nice way. I feel like to find a new customer base that you wouldn't think of. Like I don't usually seek that out. It's like if somebody like comes to me to do it, but I would say, you know, if you are a food entrepreneur and you make something, um, I wouldn't turn that away. You know, I think sometimes people are like, when somebody asks for something custom, they're like, oh no, I don't do that. You know, cause it is like creating a whole nother product, but it, uh, I've, I've not always said yes, but a lot of times I have. And if it, and it brings like a whole new market to us that, that I wouldn't really find. So, um, I, I definitely have had good experiences doing, um, custom things for people. Yeah, I agree. It's been, it's a fun way to kind of explore someone else's like adventure that they're trying to express. Yeah. And I think when you, um, you know, when you work so much solo, when you're like a, you know, a, a food entrepreneur who does a lot of their own manufacturing and, and things like that. Like sometimes it's nice to just have other people to kind of chat with and get ideas with, and you make something that you would never make on your own. And as long as you're, you're still like proud of it and doing what you feel like represents you. Um, I think where it can get tricky is if um, I think it's like choosing who you go into that relationship with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. having an exit strategy. Yeah. 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 Exit strategies are always good. That's true. <laughs> so you grew up here in the Northwest. Can you tell us where your um, favorite fishing spot is? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Somewhere along the Trask. Trask River, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, right I mean, over in Tillamook County. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely that. There's like, I pretty much spent, my grandpa had a First, he had like a camper on this truck, and then he eventually ended up graduating to a 60-foot RV. Ooh. So we would spend, my mom would drop us off like the moment school ended in the summer and Ooh. pick us up at the end of our summer break. And we would just go with our grandpa and fish everywhere. What's your best fish tail? Um, I think I was maybe seven or eight. And we had gone out really early in the morning. My grandpa got us really early in the morning in the fall and we went out fishing and they couldn't catch anything. Oh no. And I ended up catching like a 14 foot trout or something. And it was just like, and I'm like holding it in my hands. And oh it's, my gosh. And I was like, yeah, we finally caught dinner. And I got home. I'm, you know, they were like, yeah, I, I couldn't catch anything, but I should got like this big old fish. It's like, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Sarah's been Sarah's been very into fishing lately, and I've always been into fishing. (laughs) From when I was a kid, I was a fisher fisherwoman. Yeah, I think it's great. I um, you know, grew up here, but I didn't grow up fishing. The only place I had ever gone fishing was the um, Rainbow Trout Fishing Farm, was like right by where I lived on Mount Hood. And so I went, I went there, but I don't think that really counts because I think hey, that... if you catch it, it does <laughs> yeah. count. Well, and that's yeah. like where we would go to. Like when my grandpa was, you know, when we were when we were learning, we would go there, and they, yeah. you know, because you can they'll teach you how to gut correctly and like mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I don't yeah. know if it's still there. Is it still a thing? It I think it is. It was there. I think I went there like maybe seven or eight years ago with some girlfriends from the East Coast that have never, have never fished before. And so I was like, well, let's go there. And I'm going to go. I'm going to try to go back. I'll take my daughter. It. Yeah. We need, we need some um, gutting help. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Cleaning the fish. If you're going to catch it, you better be able to clean it. I I have a question about um, your trail mixes because um, I know that they are gluten-free and sometimes, um, you know, the trail mixes will be like, they'll have like oats or, you know, whatever. They'll have something that, that people can't have, but what, what, I know you use fruits and vegetables primarily, but do you use some kind of grain usually or something? Nope. No. So it's usually like nuts and seeds. Yep. Perfect. I think that's really great. Um, But I just like, you know, we have a lot of gluten-free listeners, I think, because that's the way Sarah lives her life. She's been inspirational to lots of other people. (laughs) So I just like to make sure that if it's a gluten-free product, we we highlight it and and tell people. So it's primarily like nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, herbs, spices. Herbs, spices. Yep. A little bit of honey, Um, depending on how someone's stances with being vegan. Um, I use a local honey producer, Mickleberry Farms, and they, they're awesome. It's wonderful local honey. And that was a thing when I talked to some of my vegan friends, they were like, you know, honey's okay if it's local. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. I find that from the, you know, being at the farmer's market over the years, I feel like some of that has changed. I think like when when maybe, you know, 10 years ago, people were very hardcore about no honey at all. But I feel like there's kind of a movement where if people are really, what they really care about is, you know, sustainable food and sustainable food systems. And so I find more people will Mm -hmm. know if you, if you are sourcing locally from good, um, you know, beekeepers that are using sustainable practices, then a lot of people will be like, oh yeah, no, I I can have that. But (laughs) yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, you know, there's still some people that are like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I, I, whenever anybody asks me if, if my things, if my products are vegan, I always be like, well, do you eat honey? <laughs> you know what I was thinking about the names that you picked for your um, different items? They're really representative of where you live. So Oregon, we have all of the, all of the names of your foods are all things that we have in Oregon. And when you have such a charming story about where you live and the types of food you have and they match up with the names of the food, it's really easy to sell people on it because it's something that they can really latch on to. People love to tell stories about the food they eat. So if you can set them up with the great story on the package and the story you tell when you sell to them, all the better. Yeah, it's It's been, yeah, it's been great, like getting to know our customers and having people come up to me and just 
be like, thank you so much for like making a savory trail mix. Thank you so much for, you know, creating something that's so unique and delicious. And yeah, it's when I don't, when I'm not at a farmer's market and customers are emailing me, when are you going to be back? Like, I need to get more of that. It's like, yeah, it's been, (laughs) it's been a pleasure. That's so great. And I think that it's important, an important piece of your story that all of your flavors do match up with Oregon and you're from here, because I think that it, it really brings that piece of that uniqueness of this state to other places. Because if you are, you know, when I'm traveling somewhere and I go to like, I don't know, you know, Mississippi or something. Oh, I don't know if I yeah, go somewhere and you else. You can buy Bigfoot, Bigfoot poop or something. You know, <laughs> <at the gift shop. laughs> or just that they have no idea that you can live or in a state where there's moose tracks <laughs> and dunes and mountains and meadows. Like it doesn't, it doesn't all exist. <laughs> your packaging and your product is way better to have at the cash register. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably like another, um, you know, customer area that you can target is a lot of the like tourist places in, um, in the state, you know, like Multnomah Falls or places like that. And then instead of buying the things Sarah mentioned, (laughs) you can can get your stuff, which really does a great job actually highlighting. Yeah. Yeah. Highlighting all the beautiful things we do here. And it tastes good. I think, yeah, we've, I mean, your business degree clearly has helped you make decisions about how you want to market your product. Yeah, definitely. And we just partnered with a small distribution company that's been going out to a lot of the shell stations that have a leather's fuels. So we've been getting into this whole corridor of like leather fuel shell um, locations like around the Mount Hood and kind of out towards all the different traveling routes. And that's been just awesome people are like going crazy yeah because those um stops uh we drove to utah i think we drove out highway 84 there's some huge truck stops along way they have big huge gift areas with um local food products and stuff and you know when you go in there you don't necessarily want a subway sandwich and you're kind of sick of eating you know jack links pepperoni (laughs) stick with weird cheese or whatever (laughs) so it'd be nice to be able to pick something up that's actually really delicious yeah for sure uh we always like to talk about manufacturing so do you uh manufacture your product on your own or do you use a co-packer what's your where are you at now with your biz i am manufacturing on my own and i kind of hope to do that forever because the process is not as difficult as i think a lot of other people's products are um because I'm purchasing already items that are already dried. Mm-hmm. Um, our biggest thing that I'm hoping to put into play in the next five or so years is just having a lot more connections with the farms that we're getting our product from. Um, and then possibly partnering with companies that do, you know, freeze drying or dehydrating and being able to do farm direct, send it to the local companies that are already doing, you know, they're already specializing in that. And then, being able to get our product but that's you know down the line yeah i think that's i think that's a really good um goal to have of course i also think you know this comes up a lot if of like um 
dehydrating and freezing stuff. And, and I dehydrate and freeze a lot of things and freeze dry. I have a freeze dryer. So people send um, other businesses my way all the time. Like, like I would be able to do it for them, which I absolutely, <laughs> absolutely cannot do. But if somebody out there really wants to start a food business, I think there is definitely a need for a local facility who dries local fruits and vegetables, freeze dries local fruits and vegetables. We, you know, the maker community wants this. So if somebody out there wants to start a biz, I think that is one that's necessary. <laughs> so when you were talking about yeah. finding a market that like needs something, that's something that um, the need is definitely there. Somebody just yeah. needs to do and, it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. It's, there's just too many places that everyone's importing stuff. And it's like, why, <laughs> why we have, we're, we live in, you know, berry country. Like, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's hard. And, you know, I would love to be able to freeze dry and dry things for everybody. And the thing is, is that it does take so much time, but if the person or people that um, start this imaginary company, I just made up <laughs> had, <laughs> had a facility where they could just, cause you just have to leave those freeze dryers and dehydrators running all the time, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you have that ability and have those, have those tools, I think, um, I think people would show up to buy all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, here's a big question for Aisha. Have you sold any of your product to any famous movie stars or anybody like that? I don't think so. Okay, I well, don't know. you got to send some to Oprah, I think. <laughs> okay. She does, you know, you can send your stuff in and then they put, um, stuff in for the fall magazine for you know gifting and stuff like that that might be worth your time to figure that out yeah that sounds really awesome I didn't know that was even an option yeah it's a thing yeah they they do like um, I, I would say probably the biggest gift guide would be Oprah's gift guide wow. <laughs> like the okay. biggest one to get into um, <laughs> you can figure out how to get her some yeah I'll figure it out We'll just like her on Facebook and then we'll be friends. I, yeah. I, I bet I bet you can Google where to mail things yeah. for whoever, you know, the people are that get it. You know, she does make the decisions because I've seen videos of her like doing it. We we yeah. had we had somebody reach out and we mailed them sauce. And there's a video of Oprah standing by our hot sauce, tasting other things. I, so I don't know. I mean, maybe she tasted it, but she didn't pick it as one of her main, <laughs> main things. <laughs> but still, it was there in the room with her, which is very cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I'm sure there's a way, but that's a good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Sarah likes to ask about, um, celebrity people. And, um, if you could pick somebody that would represent your company, who would it be? Who do you think it would be like a mascot or something? Or maybe you could get in, you know, when they have those award ceremonies, like the Grammys and the Emmys and stuff, they have gift bags for all those people. Yeah. You should have your stuff in there. Who would be, I don't even know. That's like such a, (laughs) We usually try to tweet at him if he picks somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, and my mind's going blank on everyone that I just adore. Um, <laughs> I think I would have anyone from the Reno Nine One One crew. Any of those guys would be just a pleasure. I think they embody 
an aspect of Nomad that is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll tweet at him. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll send him a sample. Yeah, for sure. So um, we know that you wholesale and people can find your products in Market of Choice. We're hoping they find them soon in new seasons. Yeah. Uh, any events that you have coming up we can tell people about? They can find you in person? No. I don't no. think so. Okay. And if there is, and I'm definitely forgetting something. I think there's a couple holiday markets that I have not been cleared to do yet, but yeah. Yeah. They haven't Wait, really announced gonna, all the holiday markets yet. Aisha is thinking about going to the fancy food show in yes, January. That is I'm not thinking committed. You're committed. Okay. Committed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So Sarah Marshall and I will be there. Heck yeah. Should be fun. Yeah, for sure. And that's a good um, place for you to find new wholesale people for sure. It's such a fun show. Just be ready. If you could get 10 hotels in Vegas when you're there. Oh, man. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that's the nice thing about having those events in in places like that, like in other cities. When I go to them, I I do go to the food shows, oh, of course, yeah. but I also like go around and give things to other places. So, like when we went to the fancy food show in New York, I went to a hotel um, and and met there because they have they run they're called One Hotels. They're these like kind of fancy hotels in Brooklyn, and um, and we went there and gave them them product. And so then I got into some of their um, they have restaurants within their hotels. Mm-hmm. They had me manufacture oh. sauce for them. So um, oh, when you're in great. when you're in Vegas, go to some of those hotels. Yeah. Like look up what what hotels you feel like you know your stuff would be good, or if you know that they do um, some kind of food basket or whatever it is. Um, yeah, and and just bring them product or set up meetings with them because um, then you kind of are doing two different things. You're doing the fancy mm-hmm. show, but you're also doing, um, you know, hitting a whole different marketplace because hotel people don't generally come to the fancy food show. Well, um, we did have a lot of them come. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, Vegas was so excited about the show there. They can't wait for us to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this time around, they'll have some people there, which would be cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. Build up an inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we just have a couple minutes left. So we always like to ask um, what you need from your community. So how can we and the listeners support you right now? You know, right now, Nomad has just been growing organically. We've been growing our wholesale a lot. I would definitely like if, you know, our consumers and our friends could like just show people to our wonderful website and like let us, you know, write some comments, leave us some reviews, just kind of get us out there to more of the, you know, direct to consumer crowd because, you know, there, there are people, they're the ones that are going to be out there Instagramming and doing all the things. And that's like something that I love when I have a client that is just been so excited about our trail mix. And then will send me like emails of all their adventures that they've gone on. And they're like, this is where I'm meeting this one. And this is where I'm meeting that one. And yeah, it's, it's just a pleasure. I love it. That's fun. 
Great. Well, and that is something that we can definitely all do. We can all um, write reviews, share um, your product with other people and share your story with everyone. And I'm so glad that you could come on today and um, we can introduce our listeners to you. Yeah, it's been just absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on the show and we Thank will um, we will link up everything and um, connect people to you and everybody go find Nomad Products and meet Aisha. <laughs> we record Missoni and Marshall live every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a DM at our Missoni and Marshall Instagram. We will be back next week, everybody. Thanks for joining. Bye. Bye for now. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.